Don't be tired and don't adjust those sets. You are still listening to the Paper Keg Show, episode number 211, uh, with your least favorite host. Uh, some may call him Jonesy Glow's Beer. Uh, I just call him myself. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, this is the Paper Keg Podcast. We talk about uh, our book club uh, this week. J.H. Williams and the woman hater extraordinaire, Alan Moore. Uh, their their created work Promethea and later in the show Letters by You so why listen to this S bag of a podcast with this J bag of a host talking to you right now for your car speakers and you may have not realized this folks but we have a people's champion uh, our very own vice president-elect of so many categories, I can't fathom them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of all, he's the VP of your hearts and mine. And that's uh, Dale underscore A. Welcome to the podcast. You know, it's it's great to be here. It's great to kind of kind of start feeling out what this. I'm sorry, that was a cheap trick to. Uh, <laughs> Jesse just <laughs> licking his chops behind, getting getting behind the soundboard tonight. It's so rare waiting. that I have mixer control. I can't imagine how many tabs he's got queued up of songs <laughs> he wants to play. Um, yeah, it's great to be here. This the new the future of Paper Keg, if you will. Uh, what what could be in some sick future? One alternate timeline. This is this is how it's going to be from here on out. This this yeah. might be the lineup, as it were, for all future episode of uh, Paper Keg. So you might notice, friends, that this is the first time in show history that one of the original three, uh, and you'll remember the original three is um, Slim, Dale underscore A, and this host, the ones that started it all, and she's here coming back. To save our skins once again at the Minity, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for filling in, Jonesy. We really needed <laughs> that third spot filled, and you're always there for us. You know, it's just I have nothing going on, and right. I'm just happy to jump on the internet uh, to give my opinions about comic books whenever you need me. As the original three, mm-hmm. you know, I just feel yeah. so honored that you you just let a longtime listener jump in with like no vetting. No credentials at all. We do what we can for the fans, really. And and that's why you guys have been so popular and adoring for 211 (laughs) episodes. And as a fan myself, I just, I can't thank you enough. I mean, I just remember like certain evenings when we would do it in person and Amanda and I would just sit back on Mark's couch and it would just be like, you know, is there, is there a time we can think that we would have ever Jonesy on and, you know, we just, we would think about it and, you know, we was like, maybe someday. Yeah. Maybe. You know? While well, we kicked our feet up and mm-hmm. had some fried chicken and beers. Gosh. Jonesy, did you know that that's my jam right there? Is it your jam? Bruce? Wow. Oh, I gosh, yes. I didn't know, but I guess that I... Dale, if you, uh, if you completed a 60 minutes for me like I asked, you would have found out that that's on my 60. Ooh. Oh, man. Burn. And then I'm <laughs> sorry. It's all right. I must have read your aura when yeah. I logged on because I picked that song extra last minute. It was originally going to be the theme song to Thunder in Paradise, but I didn't really want to <laughs> kick that dead horse another time. So, you know, I was just looking through, you know, what I want to hear now playlist. There it was shining in the night. It's great. I felt it. It got my energy up. I, I could see that in your zero movement. Uh, you perked up. <laughs> I mean, you perked up. I you perked up more than I could envision a single mom perking up. I am half asleep right now. I'm on, on zombie day mode. day five or six of six. Oh, just you and your son. 
Oh my gosh! While well, and I was, I've been at my parents a lot, which is also very stressful. Oh yeah, it soaks the energy out of you. Gosh, it does. The uh, the O2 sensor of your body is completely <laughs> needs to be replaced at this point, and she needs a specialist to look at it. You know what I'm saying, Matthew? That's right. If you're listening, recording, huh? <laughs> Uh, so folks, this is, this is important. Uh, we need to do a serious check in about a couple of things. Uh, first SDCC, uh, where our third uh, original host was, uh, slim has happened. So have any of you been, you know, watching the news quote unquote that has been coming out of there? Any, any favorite tidbit maybe you'd like to talk about? Dale, uh, you famously avoid any kind of trailers, movie trailers, but I'm here to tell you the new Batman versus Superman trailer might actually make me want to see that film. Yeah, uh, you know, life spoilers in Department of Dale. I was actually that was that's my new thing. Not watching many movie trailers on movies I I am intrigued by, but I watched it's the it new. Because uh, I, have I no needed Facebook, to be. Right? I needed to be. <laughs> I needed to be shown. I needed to be impressed. You know, I had to, there's there's stuff riding on this, and I think maybe because of the my apprehension, I was like, let me see this. Let me be proven. And they just kind of like chuck. It's like somebody was off stage a stagehand, and they took Wonder Woman by the belt and the back, <laughs> and they just like chucked her in the scene last minute. They're like, by the way, yeah. <laughs> and they threw her on screen. But yeah, it, I mean, it looked like how they tied in. You know, like they were, as soon as Man, uh, Man of Steel wrapped and theaters started saying it, they were like, okay, we need to figure out how we can tie in all the destruction. Mm-hmm. We need to get working on an angle for that, folks, because that was a huge mistake on our part. Yeah, the, the uh, backlash has been so bad, let's try to make a movie about it. Yeah, exactly. And we got Batman versus Superman. Uh, although I will say the scenes where Ben Affleck looks PO'd at the sky, I was like, okay, I can see, I can see Ben Affleck as a Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Amanda, did great. you get to see that or? Um, I saw a little bit of it. I caught. I didn't watch the whole thing. I'm like you. I don't like to see trailers. I just like to go in not knowing anything. Dive right in. Yeah. That's in general with all movies and books, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, you, you other miss than a lot that, of book trailers, do you? Yeah, I, yeah, a lot of book trailers. <laughs> They're everywhere. There's spoilers everywhere. <laughs> All right, so your favorite thing coming out of SDCC, uh, Dale underscore. I actually, honest, honest to goodness, I don't really know what's happening. Thanks for playing. I aloof. apologize. Uh, and I, my favorite tidbit I'll save for last uh, at Nimity, probably also with the same response. What was your favorite thing coming Absolutely out of SDCC? Absolutely, ditto. I I haven't followed anything. I've been super busy, like super busy. Yeah, I am I, the lookout know, on the Titanic of hosting. I mean, right I now. do you know. <laughs> <laughs> I do know, like all the interviews. Dead air, that. ride ahead. <laughs> All the interviews that Matt and Kara did, so I know you know what yeah. to look out for interview-wise, which is always pretty cool. Super but. inside baseball, guys. Uh, Slim uh, works for Comicsology and has a much more successful podcast called The Comicsologist. You should check it out. They did great interviews this weekend. I mean, obviously, much more successful life. I mean, he's in California, sure. and we're not. So. And you're sitting in your kitchen with uh, <laughs> packed boxes behind you. You must have been working <laughs> all weekend that. long. Welcome back I've to Slim's really baggage keg. Um, <laughs> My I think, favorite. I think Naminity's favorite thing coming out of San Diego is Slim on a plane. Coming back, yes. <laughs> he needs to be here now. Right now. Slim, we hate you. We all hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Getting that boat back on track with a little Slim trolling. Uh, SDCC, favorite thing for me. Uh, the next standalone Wolverine movie will be Old Man Logan. That got confirmed that, this weekend. That could be... Really, really swell. I mean, I don't know if the the current Sony Disney uh, congruence that is allowing Spidey to be in the Avengers films maybe that'll it'll carry over for Wolverine, and we'll see an actual treatment of uh, Old Man Logan that's faithful to the book. We, I don't know. 
I know Matt is like three hours behind us and he's, you know, pretty far away, but I think I just heard some ticker tape coming from California. <laughs> Did uh, online receipts just start printing for yes. your wireless printer? Receipts everywhere. <laughs> shown, being shown <laughs> to, in Hall H, whatever, wherever. That's right. All right. So after that segment tanked, let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk about uh, our book club. You know, Alan Moore and J.H. Williams, who we just talked about uh, last week on the show, uh, got together and, and did a great little creator-owned book based on mythology meets technology. A little book by the name of Promethea. Dale underscore do you want to tell the listeners exactly what this book is about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a look of a shock, that was great. I'm actually um, hoping to break my previous record. Uh, last time I hosted, it was the least downloaded show <laughs> in Paper Cake history. Right. And uh, nine, you know, 15 or 16 episodes later, I'd like to repeat that performance and actually go lower. <laughs> so, Dale, if you could give us a synopsis of Promethea uh, for the peoples. Okay, if I start running along, just play me off. Uh, Promethea is about Sophie Bangs. She is a... Uh, a senior in high school or a college student who is working on a term paper about this mythological woman named Promethea. And she she is sort of a legend in certain decades of time. And she, f- from her research, she has found that every couple of decades this character of Promethea crops up in literature dating as far back as, you know, Egyptian times. And through her research, she comes across her latest, she wants to interview the wife of somebody who wrote the latest um, round of Promethea stories that was in comic book form. And come to find out that Promethea is the let me try to say this without sounding like a total doof Promethea is the uh, the physical embodiment of someone who believes in her so much that she sort of takes physical form in either that person that self or that or Promethea is projected onto whoever the writer may be uh, using as a muse or is infatuated with at the time for example you know I st- I'm staring now across the uh, the monitor from Jonesy I I love Jonesy he's my muse I start writing Promethea stories and because of that, Jonesy becomes Promethea. And through time, several versions of Promethea has existed. And she is based on the original Promethea, who was the daughter of a, a man who used his imagination, and he wasn't allowed to do that. And she sort of is, in and uh, in the simplest sense, a crime fighter. And I, th- I, I hope I did. That's all I got. I hope I did okay. Is is that all? Yes. Oh boy, it sounds because, like you're being tested. Uh, <laughs> I know. Question mark. Yes. All I have to say about that is, uh, you just been on the score. How does that? <laughs> The underscored sounder <laughs> making its way back from the freezer, uh, pulling out all the stops here at the Paper wow, Cake Show. Uh, just please, God love me. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> so my my spin on Promethea. Uh, Alan Moore has a way, and, and I kind of have alluded to this in previous shows about him, of taking the tropes... Teaching us to love, for goodness sake, hear the music. 
That was a nuclear counter-strike of the mixing <laughs> board. I'm oh, sorry, Josie guy. That's quite all right. Uh, Alan Moore loves his tropes, but more so than the tropes, he loves turning them on their head and making a new, hot, modern story where the tropes are defied. And I think Prometheus is maybe the most rampant example of that. You know, he takes the what we would uh, pigeonhole today as a story with a strong female lead, which is kind of anti-feminist in itself. And he turns that story on its head by making sure the whole world, you know, the, the most powerful thing in our world is that personification of a woman. And then he makes it an adventure story that really captures not only people who love like mythological and legendary books, but also gets the technology crowd in uh, by making the modern day kind of like a uh, Judge Dredd, what else, Fifth Element sort of environment kind of uh, mashes the two up. And this, this kind of thing, this is that it's distinctly Alan Moore. And I want to say that I love... Promethea because it's got all these trappings of Alan Moore that I've come to love but I'm not sure am I missing something is there something in the in books two through five that really grab you where this volume did not maybe it's because it gets super weird later does it get super weird (laughs) because it really travels off the beaten path like to, I mean, this volume ends on what's essentially a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. So, to kind of amp up Dale's um, uh, synopsis, at some point, Promethea, after she's kind of gotten over her first hurdle of accepting the role, she kind of goes into quasi training with the five or six or so previous incarnations of Promethea that inherit. Um, this realm called the Immateria. So just a quick interjection. The Immateria is the realm of the imagination. It's if we live in the physical world, this is the mental world, the astral plane. So her previous incarnations still live there in the astral plane. She kind of goes into Promethea boot camp. And it gets pretty hairy like Warren Ellis sciency slash Grant Morrison multiversity ish in the explanations, very heady material. And I felt because I was just jumping into that deep end of the pool when the first volume ended, it nothing grabbed me to say, go read the second one. Cause uh, suddenly I viewed it as a challenge instead of something that was naturally being, you know, like waltzed into. So uh, I don't know if that's, I'm not speaking ill about the book, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't inspire me to go read more. Let me say, when I got to choose this book, I have been on the hunt for quite some time for maybe not the next transmit, but a book that maybe would be far more different than what you've been doing and something that would get you mixed reviews on. So I was so hoping this your thoughts would be on the trying one. to sabotage the show. Wow. <laughs> no. <Thank> you. Wow. <laughs> Not at all. I mean I liked I liked this book. I I read all five volumes, but I was definitely looking for something different. And I I'm sad that Slim did not read it, but that's okay. He's probably not. Um but I think <laughs> what kind of grabs you which it's not really brought up too much in the first volume, but um, Sophie Bangs is the next Promethea that's going to end the world. So mm-hmm. that's right. that's kind of her prophecy. And they allude so, to the fact that that's a good thing. Right, they do. Many yeah. times in this book. Um, but the reason that um, the temple and the, the howling are after her is because they don't they don't want this. They don't want the world to end. So she has um, demons essentially coming to try and kill her, um, Promethea and Sophie Bang, so she could never be Promethea again. Yeah, the the howling and the demons, they don't want the world to end, I think, because like in the physical world, they are just conglomerate, rich, mm-hmm. you know, upper echelon and are keeping everybody else down. 
kind of thing. Uh, Jonesy, I think what I had, the, I think we had the same feelings when we read Miracle Man Volume One. Like you could sense that there was a greatness that was to be shown and like it started to take hold in Promethea volume one, but it, uh, it almost like by the end, I, I loved the end of the book, but only because like it started to really kind of show its chops. Whereas the first three fourths of the book was kind of like hit or miss. Like there was some qualities to it that I, that I liked, but then also the, the stuff that missed just wasn't, it was too forgettable almost to me. But then when she starts like boot, like you said, the boot Promethea boot camp, I really took a lot of interest in where that's going. And if they concentrate on like the game of death or the, is that the one where Bruce Lee climbs the temple? Yes. Um, like if they do that and she gets to spend time with a couple Prometheus and how they work on a different aspect of her training like that really started intriguing me a lot you comparing this to a Bruce Lee movie all of a sudden got me interested in reading more (laughs) Uh, I will say that a couple things that bugged me about this volume is I don't know why Alan Moore felt the need to tick off all of the Alan Moore boxes. And what I mean was, all right, uh, you know, snarky, quirky, sidekick, check. Uh, wow, inappropriate, Stacey, you're so annoying. Inappropriate uh, discussion about sexual orientation because it's considered edgy, check. You know, they call each other lesbians. Mm. Uh, I no, like that. No, no that annoyed me. No, because she was so like... Uh, just the way she said, she's like, you're such a les. Like, it was so, wow. I just, it was awful. Like, it's I'm, I'm assuming, I'm not a lady, but I assume no women talk to each other like that. I've never spoken to anyone like that right. in my life. So, yeah, the, and the next tick is like, you know, unnecessarily throwaway character has to have sexual deviant past and the taxi driver check. I mean, he's like the taxi driver. For no reason, this character would never be used again in this volume. We had to know he was a child molester and just to prove how bad the world is. Like, and but I had seen it so these, often that it, they, they were stumbling blocks in the way of my enjoyment of the volume. They really were. Okay, I, I, I can see your frustration with the overused things, but like... They're almost like they take root in every story you read. Like you need to have this kind of stuff that, and so when you don't, when you read a story that doesn't feature anything and it's amazing, that's when it's like a super standout. But for the most part, stories feature some of the stuff you rattled off just because like they're the foundation of a lot of stories. And maybe it's just because people are trying to just write their own version of a tropey something or other. Can I talk about that cab driver for a second? Because Please do. that was, that was pretty early on in the book and I didn't, I didn't really know anything about it when I read it. And that, that, that point I was like, Oh yeah, there's Alan Moore for you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. <laughs> these two demons hail a taxi because you know, they're coming from like a hill. So obviously you hail a taxi and they're businessmen. So, right. Yeah. Um, so they get in the cab and you know, they, direct them to where they're going and somehow it gets into the conversation of like um you know we we know about you wally like they say his name and he's like how do you know my name like uh, how would you know that and they're like oh we know you know we know what you do and uh so when they get out they hand him a gun and they say here you know what this is for oh man and the last panel is like him with like you don't see him you just see the front of the taxi and like blood all over the windshield uh, it was it was terrifyingly awful and great at the same time yeah it, it yeah you're absolutely it was just like <laughs> oh man you know what to like we're not going to do this you're going to do this for yeah. oh jeez and it, and like it was worse because 
it wasn't just little girls like in the neighborhood. Like I, I don't. It's like his niece I'm not. Or I'm not listing degrees of worseness because it's awful <laughs> that I would do that. But it like it's his granddaughter. Yeah. So it's just like here's the gun. You know what to do with it. It's like, dude, it's just a, ta- a taxi driver, Alan. I was any other taxi driver just trying to eke out a living, but Alan Moore has to make this creepo. That's right. He couldn't like give money They're to his there. church every they Sunday and volunteer to soup kitchen, could he? That's he had to be, of course, the polar opposite of anything good <laughs> in life. I just, so, I, I thought the first two issues of this book were unnecessary Alan Morisms. Maybe, maybe it's just me. I, but if we could, for a second, talk about J. H. Uh, Williams on art. Every oh, time gosh. Promethea was on the page, it might have been the most stunning thing mm-hmm. I'd ever seen. You want to talk about a goddess mm-hmm. that you know she's supposed to be portraying. Like every pose was statuesque. It reminded me of like the Sistine Chapel or like famous works of art. And I, I, and I don't know this to be true, but I'm sure he must have used those for reference when it came to uh, breakdowns because every Promethea panel I thought was stunning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it was total. I mean, you could just see where his art style becomes just from coming off of Batwoman like that. You could have, and I, I, this is not to knock it, but you could have just replaced all the characters in Batwoman with Promethea characters because the panel layouts, like his creativity with his storytelling and story flow are are like mirrored in these two books, Batwoman and Promethea. It's just fantastic the way he's he's just very creative with his storytelling, and it's very much different than ever a lot of other people out there. And the art is gorgeous. You mentioned um, all the different Prometheus that there are, mm-hmm. and um, if you liked if you liked her going to the uh, Immateria. Immateria. Yeah. Immateria. I don't know how to say that. Uh, I don't know. Um, But that happens a lot because she has to go through like the four different, uh, I forget what they're called, but there's like cups, wands, pentacles, and swords. So I think she only does two in this book. So she goes through more training with the others. Um, But I like getting to know the different Prometheus. Um, one of the, the, the original Promethea was a little girl whose dad was a magician and, um, he was, you know, the Inquisition was after him because magic wasn't allowed. Mm -hmm. So he sent her to go into the desert and the gods came and found her and took her and they explained that you're just going to be a story, but you'll live forever. So she was like the original, um, and then there was the guy, Senate, who wrote about Promethea because he was inspired from his maid, Anna, who um, Emily was, was his story. wife. And was she crazy. was like kind of an awful wife because he's like trying to write and she's just like mocking him. It, you could probably compare it to me and Slim. Like always, yeah. she's always putting <laughs> him down. But at least, you know, I tell him every now and then I'm joking about it. But um, Just to keep it fresh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was. It was just like you married this guy. He mm-hmm. was a. He was most likely a writer when you married him. He was a customer service rep for how <laughs> <company. laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He quit his job to become a writer. He he spends all his time under an oak tree now, <laughs> trying to come up with stories. But you constantly mock him and. <laughs> yeah. That. But that story within the story was. Yeah. It really. It was really cool how that really showed. How. Promethe like that really explained the concept of Promethea that hit it home in this story like the the dialogue tri- of explain them explaining Promethea as a concept was good but that story within a story really hit it home like that's what Promethea is and that's how she becomes the embot like uh, sh- the host the maid is just like a host body for Promethea because this guy believed and loved Promethea and she envi- he envisioned this maid as like his muse that she became Promethea. And I, she was aware. It was cool because like she, Promethea is aware that she's just a concept and she's taking over this body. 
I'm, and I probably make it sound so absurd, but it works in the story. It really works. No, no, I th- go ahead, Amanda. I was just going to add that, like, Sophie does that, too. Sophie's in her head, but Prometheus there also, and they're kind of both taking it up and kind of conversing between each other until one takes over when necessary. And there's a great scene where she's having, like, a mundane conversation with another character, and her shadow is Promethea, and the other character's shadow is, like, some other demonic presence, and they're having a separate conversation between each other i thought that was really cool and i i knew i was getting to the meat of the book when we find out about the world of the kind of like amazon princess promethea like the one that was in all the dime store trashy romance novels like it Mm -hmm. was kind of like the lord like uh think planetary's lord blackfire like an adventurer who uh carved out her own kingdom and then her arch nemesis was like the amalgam of all these terrible like um, bullpen writers that took over these trashy romance novels and they had to figure out a way to kind of beat him back so that she could learn her training so I thought that was the Alan Moore that I love where nothing that you read is really what you're reading and you really need to learn to read between the lines and look at the imagery if you want to get the whole story and that I was like Mm-hmm. That's what I expected this book to be from Jump Street. And, you know, it took us a while to get there, but I, I really liked it. Are you talking about the pseudonym? The hack writer? Yeah, that that was really okay. like four different guys. And yeah, that's how, I love uh, the way she broke that down. Because yeah, that was Sophie that did that. That wasn't even Promethea. That was right. like the regular college yeah. student that did her paper. So, so like, it kind of showed that she was fit to be the Promethea, too. She had the smarts. Which I really liked. And I didn't have to look at that sidekick character was gone at this point thank mm-hmm. god stuffing and, her face with donuts and uh, probably telling sophie she's got small boobs and she's a horrible person you're a lesbian <laughs> with poor self-image you'll make a great hero <laughs> she's so awful well, we're gonna cut that out when like when Prometheus when promethea like first takes over sophie's body and she like she has she has these like this smee after her. It's like a giant shadow that's like attacking her. She has no clue what's going on. She doesn't know why she's this person. She like after she defeats this thing, she goes to her best friend and she's like, Ugh, like just come into the club with me. Like there's this Yo, let's band go to this playing. Rock just concert. like let's just say you're in like cosplay or whatever. Here's my stamp. Let me you know rub it on yours so you can get in with me. Like she's just so awful. And but that the whole flow like didn't jive with me, like Sophie. That just the the concept. It's not the best friend that enabled her to do that. It's just like the writing. Alan Moore wrote that scene, and I was just like, "What's happening here? Like, aren't you at all like taken aback by this mm-hmm. Promethea that's in your body now? And you just killed this Smee. Oh, go clubbing though. Like now, let's go to the uh, the Peach Pit after dark." And hang out, and hopefully pick up, you know. But no, because even then, there's like a major scenario in the club when the band is playing. Like the demons come inside, and you know they're kind of trying to get away from Promethea, and they open a door to the Emeteria, and uh, that idiot (laughs) gets sucked in. Taste. (laughs) I just, I don't know what to say. but she, like, gets sucked in, and Sophie has to go in and save her. And afterwards, she's like, oh, just stay Promethea. Sophie's such a loser. <laughs> she's yeah. terrible. She's a terrible, terrible friend. She's she not reminds even a me friend. of MTV's Daria. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. She kind of does. Maybe Alan Moore really liked Daria <laughs> and put his English spin on it. He actually binge-watched the entire series of Daria before writing Promethea. <laughs> it was actually uh, Promethea Her, but after Daria, he changed the ending as a homage. <laughs> so there you have it. J.H. Williams, Alan Moore, kicking off the summer of Alan Moore. Some, if you will, uh, patent pending. I will tell you, um, if you do continue to read... I think it's volume two. Um, gets a little PK Knights. Ooh, that's that's yeah. the Alan Moore. Uh, that's I've probably the one checkbox you didn't check off yet, Jonesy. <laughs> that's right. Uh, as uh, impromptu host of the show, I uh, hereby move volume two of Swamp Thing 
and next week will be Promethea Volume <laughs> 2. Uh, Big Ignites episode. I'll just tell you, there's like an eight eight pages of tantric sex scene. Man. It's pretty crazy. Uh, let's all just hit pause on our <laughs> recordings. Uh, we're going to have to clip out quite a bit of this show. Uh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, next week, of course, uh, the prolific... <laughs> Promethean, no, I'm sorry, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing Volume 2, continue our summer of Alan Moore. Uh, oh, oh, I'd pull a slim. See, love me even oh, more. Gosh. That happens. That get, I got your letters. Oh, oh. Take three. I'm gonna open them up. And this is all getting, this is staying in the podcast. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's the only way to get your numbers lower. <laughs> if I could just sandbag it, make this the, the the lowest number of minutes, the shortest episode would be. That was a hard stop right there. Slim would not stand for that. <laughs> Man. <laughs> He's going to be listening to this with his. Uh, He's going to have a notepad full. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. This is actually one of those moments where, like, your wife tells you to go to the grocery store, so you like, you know, <laughs> forget three things on purpose so that you don't have ever have to go again by yourself. Or like so that one time I asked Matt to get sour cream, and he came up with cream cheese, but it was like some it, kind of weird French cream cheese. It was like chouffre <laughs> cheese. Chouffre <Chouffre-nafra>. <laughs> Yeah, something French. I've never heard of before. This sour is, cream. This is, this is my grocery store moment. But d- I mean, does he? Does he not try to contact you? Were you not? Were you away from the phone and in the bathroom? No, I think he just knew he knew what was going on, or he just didn't want to go to the store ever again, so he did it. Oh, I mean, my tacos were ruined that night. I'll say that much. <laughs> it was taco night. Slim. Ta- yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, on a te- technical note, I'm not sure I can read uh, letters and keep this sounder open in Dropbox. So Dale, the I I got it. It's got all on this. you. Uh, this is from, this one came in hot last week. If we were still recording, it would have come in hot. Her, our friend, Dragon Pro, likes to do. Sent us a letter. It's been a while, he says in the subject line. Evening, fellas. Sorry for being silent lately. Got sick again, and it got me down a bit. Eleven months of S can do that. But I'm back now and feeling good. Now let's talk comics convergence. More like crap virgins, am I right? (laughs) Really digging Secret War so far, like where it's going. Although the absence of certain characters is bugging me a bit, I mean, where's Cloak at? Can this really be considered a really big event without Cloak? (laughs) Until next time, peeps, at Not Gonna Disappear Again, Fro. Love that guy. Happy to know he's back and safe. It's very months. Yeah, it's been very, very uh, heartwarming to get a letter from him. He's doing... Back on social media, like you take if you need to take time, take time. But now you have an obligation to at least let your friends at Paper Cake know you're doing yeah, okay. Yeah, like I'm not even really on the show, and I asked Matt several times, like, "Have you have you guys heard from him yet? Like, yeah. is he legit alive?" I was worried. I mean, who knows? He could string us along. He'd be toying with us. Who knows? But thank God he's okay. Sense of humor still about. there. As long as the sense of humor doesn't go, you know, his body can decompose, whatever. <laughs> As long as his mind is sharp, he's will always have a friend in Dragonfro. Dragonfro, don't take any of that personally. I hope your body's not decomposing. <laughs> he's, com- he's composing a hot one right now, <laughs> comparing you to little people. Uh, the next up is from a friend of the show, Scott. Thank you, Scott. To my always on-point brothers and sister of Paper Keg, when I heard of the swampy summer of Alan Moore, I almost soiled my oh already soggy work pants. You see, 12-hour shifts in Virginia humidity makes one prone to the dreaded swamp arse. As excited I, as excited as I am for Some, may I make a suggestion? We've enjoyed Bourne and Fury Max by the masterful Garth Ennis. Perhaps this winter, we heat things up with the winter of Garth Ennis. Preacher is one of my favorites, but the best Mr. Ennis has to offer is a heartfelt story of a man's best friend, Rover Red Charlie. I'd love to hear your opinions on this tearjerker, along with the many of his other twisted titles. See you on Twitter, at IrrationalBeers. 
So that's Scott Irrational uh, Beers on Twitter. A side note, Irrational Beers was on the list for the Baltimore at Baltimore contest. And he was my dark horse for winning because I liked his Twitter handle so much. But Sorry, Irrational. I would love to do some uh, Garth Ennis. I don't know if we'd... I don't know if, you know, two long stretches of a themed author, we'd get, we could get away with that. But we might be able to. We, our show is weekly, so maybe like we do four Garth Ennis shows or three. This River Red Charlie sounds like, you know, the, the dog probably dies at the end. Spoilers. <laughs> I don't know what it's about, but I'm already upset about it. We'll have to put it on the uh, Google Doc. But you were, Jody, you were just reading something with him, right? The A War... A war comic or oh, something? Oh, War Stories is a uh, oh. creator-owned book where he just does like two or three issue minis all about different world wars and different conflicts over history. Mm, uh, the first one was like a three or four issue mini about the Americans coming over to the UK to help fight the Germans and it was really, really good. Really good. I would love to, f- to have a reason to, ha- to have to read that. Put it on the dock, babe. War stories. Here we go. Anything I put on the dock, Slim ignores. So the Winter of Venice, Slim. Put it on the dock. I don't even have uh, editorial rights to change anything on the dock. So <laughs> that is true. A little peek behind the curtains. There is like it's sort of a ladder hierarchy. I mean, he's yeah. got everything open on his computer right now. I'm sure I could uh, finagle something for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Keep it on the DL. Give me admin. Where my password <laughs> is admin. That's all I know about computers. That if the admin is on, his password is likely admin. And uh, last letter uh, of the night comes from a, a wonderful, wonderful friend of the show, at Slim on the Twitter. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Friends, <laughs> if we haven't done so, this is when the boss checks in. You know, he's like mm-hmm. still being a, he's still part of it. We know you're still part of it. Friends, if we haven't done so already, can we get a status update on Jonesy's weight? <laughs> and also, if Dale has been using his elliptical, thanks in advance. Sure. Uh, I have not weighed in since last episode, but Friday I did my personal best uh, step count at, I think, jeez, 180, no, no, 18,000 steps. Wow. Lord. So, I was going to uh, say 180, jeez. No, 18,000 18, steps, which yeah. I think is something like 10, 11 miles. Wow. So, you, uh, uh, did you get to listen to Promethea Boot Camp? What, what are you doing? <laughs> so many. No, I, I worked uh, the the second and third shift at work, and I just... Uh, Thank God. I, I, you know, did some exercise that day because I was working the night shift, and then on the night shift, I, were, I walked probably all 10 hours I was there. I was on the move. It's so. amazing. Yeah. Uh, on my elliptical end, I've been on the elliptical twice in the past week. Once to clean off the uh, digits. <laughs> Right, and then I was too tired after that. I was just like a little <laughs> too hot up there. So I did. Um, so I got on the elliptical. I watched the last episode of Daredevil. Nice. While on there, so it was nice to finally close that chapter. Very. I mean, if you haven't seen Daredevil, you got to see it. Um, Team Foggy. I don't have no problem with Foggy Nelson. Uh, the walking guilt trip that is Karen Page. <laughs> just laying guilt trips, even at you know moments of mourning and sorrow like it does it, it, she pulls no punches to make you feel like you should have to do something for her um and uh, i only shared my elliptical workout once i've been i've been using apple workouts on my apple watch and sharing isn't really like a thing you can do with it but we're we're, we're gonna get this worked out unless you work guys. apple watch doesn't have a thing where you can share yeah, the uh, the that the, doesn't even like that's like a paradox that that makes that's a mirror in front of a mirror right there. Tell oh, abort abort tail. I got to change the subject. He's got more letter. <laughs> abort, Peter. I'm not engaging this. This is not text mode. <laughs> he trained you guys well. <laughs> Related, I read Copra on my flight to San Diego, and would love it if we could make this a book club. If I return to the show. If. Maybe Amanda would like to do that in one of my. Maybe Amanda would like to do that one in my stead. Haha, <laughs> kidding you guys. I haven't read the book you just talked about yet, but I hope to get to it this week. Uh, yeah, that, right. He's not going to do it now. He's not at all. Do you remember when Chuck Force told us that Michael Fife, the writer and artist of Copra, emailed Paper Keg about Savage Dragon early into the show's run? 
Can we get Jones here, Dale, to research that email in the archives, aka logging into Gmail on desktop? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, keep on keeping on. I can't wait for Amanda's comic podcast to launch after we move. I mean, what? Oops, was I oh supposed to God. say that? Wow. Wow. He wants this so badly. What, just really I guess where you talk to yourself yeah, about he, comics? No, he wants he wants me to start a podcast. I don't know why. With you and with Dale. He, I don't think him. he cares. I don't think he mm-hmm. I mean, he, no, he I was get excited it. Just about. Just push me out. Just do it now and get it over <laughs> with. He was excited about me and Dale. I'm sure Dale has zero time to read anything additional. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to do an Orange is the New Black podcast. Wow. Well, uh, give me your top five podcast titles for Orange is the New Black. Like, what were your what were your quirky podcast titles? I can't throw that out now. Yeah, that's too much. Okay, okay. all right, all right. Fair enough. Ruin the you know spoilers. Jeez. Fair enough. I respectfully withdraw my request. Thank you. JPEG. Last time on the show. Thanks for coming, Jonesy. I was happy to fill in for my handful of episodes for you guys. It's been a dream come true. Yeah, enjoy it while you can. Any more of that letter, Dale? <laughs> no, he finished there. He must have uh, had to make his uh, dinner date mm. with with insert comic creator here. You know. Well, I can I can ramble off the list right now. Oh, I don't He's even rubbing it in our Ooh, faces. Could you? Could you actually? Can I? No, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Alright, I'm going to go with Dale on this one. Yeah. Jonesy, you don't listen to him on these kind of things. Uh, I'm producing on air, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but uh, I tried to tune out Google Hangouts all weekend long. It just can't, my heart can't take it, you know? Who could it have been, Dale? Yeah, who were you referring to? Just the myriad of lists. The list is long and distinguished, you know? To quote... uh, What's his name? <laughs> From Top Gun. <laughs> well, I'm uh, happy to end the show on that note. Uh, thank you, friends. Uh, this has been a wild ride for me, uh, being your least favorite person slash host. Uh, that you even tuned into this episode before just swiping to the left and deleting it. Uh, and if you made it this far... Uh, I can't wait for you to listen to the regular host, Slim, when he appears, maybe, on 212? Maybe. So, there you have it. Next episode, the summer of Almore continues with Swamp Thing, Volume 2. Maybe we can have a huge Swamp Thing fan named Atnimidity on that episode as well. Just, uh, you know, speaking for you, as I want to do. I agreed to five, book five. Book five. There you have it. Folks, it's been real. Dale, one status we didn't check up on was your Arkham Knight completion percentage. Oh, my gosh. What are we sitting at? I find... Here's my Arkham Knight confession. It's... I can only do it in, like, chunks, because once you get, like, towards the end of a certain particular story bump... And you're just, you're like in a room with 26 guys or something. Like, my mental capacity is like spent after that. So I have to turn it off. I can't do, I can't do more than a couple of those at a time. So I just finished the first airship. I didn't even finish the second airship. Stag's so you're airship. like 22% into the game. Something like that? Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, in the main story, probably 22. I think overall I'm 28 or 29. I'm trying to do a little more. I got to a point where I couldn't do... The next Riddler mission is like on a a harder island that I don't stand a chance on right now. My recommendation to you, I got from Karate Chop, is once you beat the main storyline, just Google the the good ending. Don't waste your time with Riddler trophies. Really? One YouTube just has it there for you. Okay. Yeah, because I... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would like to do that. Like, I was big on that in, like, Assassin's Creed to collect all the feathers and stuff like that. But I just don't... I I don't know why. (laughs) Because back then I didn't have kids. But um, it's probably not worth it. Jonesy, have you completed the game like twice over now? No, no. I, uh, I'm actually decompressing. I completed. Uh, I mean, first of all, I completed, and uh, I also finished the oh, game yeah. last. Might have been last Thursday because we didn't record. I just jumped on and finished. And uh, I mean, it's good. I mean, you already know it's really good. I, mean, I just, probably, I'm, I, I gotta know where. No, did, did I have to do the second airship? No, I did the second airship because I saw, spoilers, I saw some pretty horrific stuff. But but luckily, like, they leave it. So it's like maybe the, to- the fear toxin is affecting what you're seeing or something. But I was hot on the trail of Barbara Gordon. And then... Spoilers, don't believe anything that you're seeing and hearing throughout the whole game. Because it's all suspect. Mm. Exactly. What's real? What's not? Can't tell, right? I mean, I could be under the influence right now of fear toxin. I'm just yeah. imagining this whole second life where mm. I'm the on again, off again, least favorite host of a, you know, combo podcast. But I really could really be Batman. You just never know. And Scarecrow could be forced, uh, voiced by Denethor, steward of Gondor. <laughs> Also, uh, Jim Gordon, my wife picked up on the fact that uh, Jim Gordon is voiced by Mike from Breaking Bad. Mm. Wow, she actually stands to watch you play. Yeah, she's very supportive. Yeah, I, le- I don't. I leave the room. Wow, that's I'm like, that's like you stand by your man type stuff right well, there. Well, yeah, that is. Because, I mean, I have to watch, like, James play. <laughs> so Oh, gosh. It's hilarious. He loves it. He, he just... Um, loves to drive around and he's just like more damage to the town than any of the criminals do <laughs> he's like takes out buildings and he'll like get out and then he'll like wander on some bridge and be like mommy i can't find the batmobile can you help me find it <laughs> does he know there's a button that well, calls no, it if, to you yeah but he'll always like not be on a street he'll be like somewhere random oh where it says like you cannot call the car to this location yeah, yeah. He's, and like, then on a um, pipe or something yep when he first started playing he would hand the controller to Matt when um, any bad guys came and he'd like freak out and hide his eyes and be like, daddy, fight them. <laughs> but uh, now he like holds the controller and he doesn't even look at the screen. He just like sits there with his little finger going on. He's like X button. And he looks at me. He's like, mom, you see this? You see this? You see what I'm doing? And he's like not even looking at the TV. It's hilarious. He's pretty proud of himself. It's good. I mean, it's definitely not made for his age, but things he's doing he's just uh fighting right. and driving and it's helping with yeah. his motor skills i think good I thing he's not watching the uh, cutscenes. that's yeah yeah definitely not yeah the cutscenes can get super inappropriate i yeah i saw a few but before i, will I left tell the you, room this is the last before you left the room <laughs> while you're popping in to uh, get your drink glass or something you know <laughs> that's right kicking your kid out of the way <laughs> <laughs> gotta get your glass of wine so this is the last Rocksteady game, so they make some pretty crazy story choices in the latter half of the game. So pretty great, though. Did you guys read anything else this week, or was that it for you? I have not read a weekly book Oof. in like three weeks. I read um, I read Archie number one. It was really I did good. Too. Did you like it? Yeah, I know nothing about Archie. Yeah. And uh, I really liked it a lot. So did I. I thought it was great. Yeah. It was just like, you know, it's like high school, whatever, mm-hmm. brings you back. It's like, it's like a well-written 
CW show or WB or whatever it would have been back when we were in high school watching something about high school. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really think I would care for it because it's like I don't know high school drama. It's not really my thing. I don't. I can only read so many like all ages books really before I start to get bored. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, what is the lipstick incident? I need to know. What right. is this? Mark Wade, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fiona we'll, Staples. I'm, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to it, read it. I really, I'm really, really curious to see if Mark Wade like stays on the book. Or if he's just on it for six issues and off. Mm-hmm. Just to really, drum up really some curious. excitement. Yeah. Like um, Mark Wade and Dean Haspiel was doing that uh, Fox, the Fox comic. And I think Mark Wade got top billing in the first miniseries. But then he's like been grooming Dean Haspiel, who's do- been doing a great job with it, with the, the new ongoing. But I'm, I wonder, it's like, does Mark Wade want to write Archie for the long haul or, they, or did Archie comics like just ask Mark Wade to kind of kick like Warren Ellis, this series that's, the, that's, you know, Warren Ellising is the verb in this case because <laughs> Warren Ellis, you know, that bond comic Warren Ellis will probably write for six issues and he's off. Oh yeah. That he's off. You, you know, it. then it's going to be read by, or it's going to be uh, written by Pat Jones who loves beer. <laughs> in your beautiful my mind, in your mind. immateria <laughs> dreams, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so if you guys haven't checked out Archie, it's, it was really good. You don't need to know anything about Archie. This is and the pacing, like the way the story was just paced for mm-hmm. how it starts and how you kind of learn stuff as you go. Yeah, I really like cool. how it's like uh, Archie kind of—he's talking directly to you, breaking down that fourth mm-hmm. wall, telling you his story. And did you see the, um, and Chip Zdarsky's going to be writing a Jughead comic. What? Really? Uh, yeah, that's like super got me interested in that. That's exciting. Uh-huh. So that's cool. I can't wait to check that out either. Amanda, you might be the last one of us that reads weekly. This week was really hard, but um, I was trying to think of what I finished last week. Um, I think I've finished um speaking of warren ellis supreme blue rose mm-hmm. finished that it was uh it was good you're is it done your reading is just i, bl- I believe away. so oh um is that think. the one where they're uh no that's what's the one where they're in space and it's like not the abyss but what was that movie event horizon that's like a, a starship crew. It's Warren Ellis. No, there's nothing mm. in space. I don't know what you're talking about. Is that new? Jones? Not, yeah, but I can't remember. No, it's been out for like almost a year, but I can't remember what oh. it's called. Oh, did you guys read Strange Fruit? Uh, I flipped through it at the store. I didn't read it yet. Oh, I, I'm interested in reading that. That is really good. I'm going to keep up on that. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. So what's the you know premise of Strange Fruit? What's that? I don't know. Tell me. I'm, I'm oh, um, it's kind of like uh, a black Superman. It's amazing. Really? It's, um, yeah. So And it, it's great, too. I mean, Matt already talked about this on his other more famous podcast. Mm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I don't want to go too much into it. But, um, yeah, so it, it takes place... Um, during like segregation, uh, 1927 mm. and, um, it has like the KKK and, um, there's like a levy that's going to, uh, break and they're trying to mend it before their town is flooded. And, um, so they have, you know, the KKK has all like the black workers trying to do this thing and it just shows you like the mistreatment and this awful stuff and um during all that this asteroid comes down and um in the asteroid was like this black superman he's like like 10 feet tall built like wow. a brick s house stark naked mm. Give it and to me. um this like it was i don't know if i want to tell you the end mm. but um I won't. It was just, it was great. It was amazing. Hold off because I think I'm going to read it. Okay. The, la- the last page is like amazing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just downloaded it. 
Okay. I'm easy. Let me tell you. We all know that. Oh. Yeah. Ba-da-ba.